Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. Happy Father's Day. Let me start over. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Happy Father's Day. Hey, yeah. It's a great day to be at church. Um, hey, we have a giveaway, by the way. So for all the guys, you should get have your tickets, get those out. We got this cool tool bag. It's not a purse, guys. Don't think it's a purse. It's a tool bag, all right? Got some gloves in it, coffee mug, some beef jerky, and then even a Lowe's gift card. So you definitely want to win this. All right, Rick, can you help me out here? Don't pick yours like you did last service, all right? <laughs> there we go. All right. So the winner is 594098. <laughs> You're not a loser just because you didn't win. All right. There you go. I'm trusting you. I'm not going to read that. So 098. Yeah. Way to go, Steve. Yeah, you won. There you go. <laughs> you can pay Rick later. It's all good. <laughs> hey, to start off today's message, I want to tell you a story. But um, first of all, I want you all to know that I'm an extrovert, which basically means that I like being around people. It's kind of helped me in this whole pastor gig. You know, it's helpful to like being around people. And so it's, it's, this is fun for me to have you all come into church and get to hang out, eat some meat outside, drink some pop. I enjoy that. But when I go on vacation, I like turn into an introvert. Like when I go on vacation, I don't want to be around people. You know, I've been around people, enjoy it, but if I'm going to go recharge, I need to just like get away from people. I, I mean, I enjoy having Rose come with me, but I'm not even sure about my kids if I want them to come with me. <laughs> no, sometimes I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, sometimes I do. It depends on the vac vacation. But um, the idea, my wife wants to go on a cruise. And I'm like, why would anyone go on a cruise? I mean, you sit on this boat with like 5,000 people and you can't get away from them. And the only way to get away from them is to go into your little closet they call a, a room, you know? Doesn't sound like a good time to me at all. Uh, but so my idea of a good time on vacation is when we go backpacking or camping, you know, trying to get away from people. And so back in 2013, Rose and I went to Minnesota, all right? Went to the Boundary Waters up there where you can canoe and go backpacking and things like that. And we decided to just do a day trip. We're going to go and canoe and carry the canoe and, and do, do these trails and just try to get away from people. And so they gave us a map and they said, here's the route that everybody takes. And I looked at that map and, and we were getting in the water and I said, I said, Rose, that's, that's, that's the route everybody takes. I don't... I don't want to see anybody. I want to just go out there and be alone. And so I made some uh, changes to our course. You know, we went like a direction that not everybody would go, went kind of further uh, around and so on. And, uh, and here's a picture of Rose. She, I take her along because she likes to carry the canoe. So 
she actually does like carrying it, but I didn't make her carry it the whole time, but she did, she did like carrying it. Um, but we, we found out that this trail this, that we were taking, uh, not many people had taken this trail, at least in a while. So here's a picture of her carrying it, the canoe through the woods. That's actually on one of the trails. And uh, she just kind of disappeared. And I'm like, I think she's up there somewhere. Um, but when we came out on the other side of this trail, this is the scenery that we saw. Um, I mean, you just saw this beautiful lake, and there was just nobody there. Here's another picture of uh, just, we came out and just saw this beautiful area. But it was tough to get there. The trails were tough. They were long. Uh, they were not the trails that everybody else took. Now, the reason for that, I think, is because really the best things in life are going to take some effort, right? They're going to be hard to attain, let me give you another example. Do you guys know that only about a half a percent of the U.S. population goes on a mission trip every year? I mean, very, very few. So 99.5% of the U.S. population does not go on a mission trip. Now, why is that? I would say part of it is because it's really difficult to go on a mission trip. For those of you that have gone before, I mean, you have to raise the money. That's that's a challenge. You have to schedule off of work, have to get shots, immunizations. And then there's the travel itself, which can be, you know, 24 hours. When we go to Africa, I mean, we're flying a day to get to Europe, another day, you know, to get down into Africa and staying at less than one star hotels. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's risky. It's difficult. And very few people do it. Very few people do it. But I would say, for those of you that have been, been on mission trips, you understand this. They're missing out. Here's a picture of Job. He's one of the orphans that we sponsor over there and help out. And just look at that smile that Job has. And that's because we were there and we bought him an egg. That's an egg. They don't get eggs very often in South Sudan and Uganda. So... Um, it's super rewarding, super rewarding. But the best things in life can be extremely difficult to attain. How about physical fitness? It's like falling off a log, right? I mean, it's just super easy to get in shape and stay in shape. Now, if you're anything like me, it's difficult. Because I look at the donut and coffee breakfast, and I, that's what I want versus the unsweetened granola, Right? Or, I mean, if it's time to work out or go for a run or ride your bike, man, I would much rather sleep in or buy a moped. You know, something different than what it takes to get physically fit. But if we want to get physically fit, we need to do the effort. It takes, it's challenging. But the best, in li best things in life, physical fitness is one of those. It's just difficult to attain, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Here's a couple of quotes. The first one's from Confucius. The gem cannot be polished without friction, nor man without trials. Those trials, those challenges, they, they polish us. They make us better. We have a better life as a result. Alicia Rodriguez says, the most difficult things are the ones most worth doing. She's an author. And then uh, 80s philosopher, Dirk Benedict, face man from the A-Team, he knew about difficult situations, if you've ever watched the A-Team. 
He says the best things in life are usually difficult. Guys, if we want the best things in this life, uh, they're going to take challenge. It's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to take effort for us to attain them. But they will be worth it in the end. They will be worth it. Now, that's true in our physical lives, but it's also true in our spiritual lives. You know, the things that we want in our spiritual walk, the things that we want to attain in our spiritual journey, they're not going to happen just on their own. It's going to take effort and intentionality to get there. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 9. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging. You have to deny yourselves. Then he goes on further to say, you must take up your cross daily, which basically means you need to die to yourselves, the things that you want in this life, every single day. And if you want to find your life, you've got to be willing to lose it. To lose it. But it's worth it in the end. It's worth it in the end. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, we are in a summer series called Counterculture. The sermon that changed everything. And it's a, it's a message series on just three chapters of Matthew. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Known as the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be studying that all summer long. Um, last week, we had a message titled, Ask, Seek, and Knock, Our Approach Matters. And in that message, Jesus explained how we should approach our Heavenly Father. And so if you missed that message, I would encourage you to go online and watch it. But today, we're going to be in chapter 7. You can turn your Bibles there if you would like. Matthew chapter 7. Now, this is actually near the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we're going to study the previous chapters, you know, throughout the summer. Um, but just to cut to the chase, Jesus is saying all throughout this chapter, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. And they're difficult things. And so Jesus is acknowledging that the things I'm asking you to do are going to be challenging. But he gives us some, some insights into that. So starting with verse 12, chapter 7, it says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Let me read that again, just a few verses. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So today's message is titled, Two-Track Living, Taking the Uncommon Path. When I was growing up, my parents lived on a dirt road that actually was a two-track. <laughs> we were out in the middle of nowhere like that. And I think that Jesus has some insights in here about the narrow road. We're going to talk about that. But first, first, let me pray. 
Father, I thank you for your word that is true. I thank you for your messages to us through scripture. And God, I pray that you would help us to hear from you today. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to our hearts and minds, Father, we pray. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, give me your words to speak. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. A couple of points you can fill in on your handout. First of all, we can have more life in this life when we get off the highway. When we get off the highway. Verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. See, the wider road, what Jesus is saying is the wider road is the road that leads to destruction. Now, we all want to take the wider road, don't we? I mean, in life, if we're going to drive to Chicago, we're not going to take the back roads or the dirt roads all the way to Chicago. We're going to look for the highway. We're going to get on the highway. We're going to take it because it's faster, it's easier. It's more efficient. But because of all of that, that also means everybody else is going to be on that road. Jesus says many are taking this road to destruction. Let me just say, it's, it's in our genes. It's natural for us to want to take the easiest path. It just is. Um, I, many of you know uh, that I'm a, a deer hunter. I enjoy deer hunting. Um, what you may not know is that deer will always take a path. Here's a picture of a, a, a deer path in a field. You know, it could be a wide field, but the deer are going to tend to go and take the easiest path. That's what they'll do. And so they'll all go down the same path. Uh, my, my nephew, Josh, is actually a better deer hunter than me. And so he teaches me a lot of new things. And so we were out uh, putting up some deer stands. And where the tree that we needed to put the deer stand in was off the trail that they were taking, that the deer were taking. And uh, so what he did was he just went and he beat down and broke a new trail um, that went right underneath our stand. And the reason he did that was because deer will just take the easiest route. Even though they had this other route, there's now a wider road, a, a wider path, all broken down. And so they'll just eventually start taking that trail. And hopefully that trail leads to their destruction, right? That I'll... <laughs> doesn't always, but hopefully it does. It's just within our genes. It's just natural to, to lean towards, to go towards the easiest path. I mean, we know this when it rains, right? Here's a picture of, you know, um, a little water river that cuts through a field. You know, it rained across the entire field, but all the water just kind of works its way to the easiest route, and it just all goes down the easiest route. Guys, it's natural for us to want to take the easiest route. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best route. I read an article recently titled The Millennial Marriage Trend That Actually Increases Your Chance of Divorce according to a relationship coach. That's the longest title I think I've ever seen for an article. But the article was about the fact that more and more millennials are choosing to live together before getting married, if at all. And this, this decision to live together without any long-term commitment is titled the millennial marriage. Because it's easy, it's easy to do that. You don't have to plan a wedding, you don't have to buy a ring, 
You don't have to make a long-term commitment. You can just act like you're married. So they call it the millennial marriage. And then they, when they break up, they call it the millennial divorce. But even though this is the easier thing to do, if we have some millennials in the house today, it's not the better thing to do. In the article, Makaya Dominguez, mental health counselor and relationship coach, says it actually, this, this idea of living together, it actually decreases the likelihood that you will marry and increases your chances of divorce after five years. Just because it's easier doesn't mean it's better. There's another trend that's happening in our society. I've been guilty of it. Many of us probably have been guilty of this as well. Um, so the next time you go to a restaurant, one of those sit-down restaurants where you order and then you wait for your food, take a look around at the tables around you and just look at how few of them are actually engaging in conversation. I've seen whole families just doing this. You know, while they're waiting for their food or they're waiting for their, their, their waiter to come take their order or whatever, the whole family, they have iPads and laptops and cell phones, and the whole family's just doing that. Why is that? I would say it's because it's easier. It's easier to look at your phone and scroll through and watch a video than to actually engage with your spouse or to engage in a conversation with your kids and build a relationship. Just because it's easier doesn't mean it's better. How about sin? I don't know about you, but for me, sinning is like falling off a log. It's, it's really easy for me to do. You know, to have lustful thoughts in my mind, and that's easy to happen. What's difficult is to have self-control and to keep your eyes pure and your mind pure. I mean, it's, it's easy to lie, especially when someone confronts you on an issue. And if you tell the truth, it's going to make you look bad. What's difficult is to tell the truth in those situations. It's easy to get angry when things don't go your way and to just spout off and say whatever's on your mind. What's difficult is to hold your tongue. A commentary from John Gill said it this way, the gate of carnal lusts and worldly pleasures stands wide open open. Wide open. It's the wide road that everybody's on. Following Jesus is going to require us to get off the highway that everybody's on. Right? It's going to require us to, to not take the easy route. So I have a question for each of us to ask ourselves today. This is just between you and God, what road have I been traveling on lately? The wide road, the easy road? Have you been taking the easy path? Or have you been taking the narrow road, the one that is more difficult, but the one that God's called you to? In our Christian walk, if you've been a Christian for more than a minute, you'll, you'll know that there are times, man, you are, you are up on that high road and you're, you're, you're fighting and you're, you're striving and you're doing really good as a follower of Jesus. And then there's times that you just, you stop the fight in a sense and, and you just fall in just like that, 
that water that goes to the easy route and just cuts through the field. You just find yourself following along with society, following along with what feels good and natural, and you're just on this highway with everyone else. And that highway leads to destruction. But the good news is if you find yourself on that highway today, there's an off-ramp right there. There's always an off-ramp available to us. Jesus said his mercies are new every morning. Here's the scripture from Lamentations. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So if you find yourself on that highway, man, just get off. God's mercies are new for us each and every day. So that's the first point. We can have more life in this life when we get off the highway. Number two is this. We can have more life in this life when we follow the golden rule. We've probably all heard of the golden rule. I read the scripture that speaks to it. Verse 12 says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Doing to others as you would have them do to you. That's called the golden rule. But you know, there's another rule that fights against that. It's the law of self-preservation that we're all born with. Again, it's this natural instinct to take care of ourselves. It's not natural for us to want to do what everybody else wants to do. It's natural for us to do what we want to do, to take care of ourselves. And so I was thinking about that this week. Uh, in my life, I was reminded of um, our staff bowling day. So uh, once or twice a year, we'll take the staff out and go do something fun for team building. And so we went down here to Oakland Lanes. Anybody ever been to Oakland Lanes? Yeah, I didn't know that existed, but it's, it does. And there, it's the uncommon path. If you want to go there, <laughs> nobody else was there. And it was really fun. Anyway, so... Uh, we decided that we were going to break up into two teams and we we're going to have a little friendly competition. And that's when the team building went wrong because I don't know how to have a friendly competition. So um, my competitiveness kind of kicked in and uh, we, we, we bowled two games. My team won the first one and then uh, the other team won the second one. But uh, as a tiebreaker, we added up the scores and my team ended up having the best score. So we won. Now, that's when the trash talking started. It wasn't just me, but I'll, I'll say some of the things I did. I don't want to throw other staff under the bus, but I may or may not have said when we were driving away, we didn't win, we dominated. You know, just made, I want to clear the air. When I was taking my bowling shoes off, I may or may not have offered my victor, victory socks to the other team as a prize if they won them. Um, I may or may not have said that the losing team should serve ice cream to the winning team. This is all within like three minutes, you know. <laughs> And then I may or may not have changed the picture of our staff on Church Community Builder, our church database, to be the score 
you know, the winning score. I changed that back since then. But anyway, so my point in sharing that is that in the midst of that, it actually caused a little bit of frustration from the other team. Um, I was having a blast. Not so much the other team. You know, it was supposed to be a team-building exercise, and it kind of erased some of the team-building because of my attitude. Now, the reality is I wouldn't want to be treated like that if I had lost, right? I mean, if we think about it, what would have been better in that situation? Oh, you know, great job. It was fun. We had a good time. Score doesn't matter. Good job bowling, whatever. That would have been much better to the losing team. I wasn't thinking about the golden rule. And why wasn't I? Because it doesn't come natural. What comes natural to me is to talk trash and to rub it in and make excuses when I lose. But that's not what Jesus taught us to do. He said, ah, don't do that. Don't do what just comes natural to you. Take the uncommon road. Do unto others as you want them to do to you. And the reality is that it's Jesus knew what goes around comes around, right? The next time we do a bowling event, if I lose, I'm going to bring out this sermon and say, guys, <laughs> stop it. Did you remember that sermon? No, it, what goes around comes around. Here's a story that I found that speaks to this. It says, there once was a grandpa who lived with his family. As grandpa grew older, he began to slobber and spill his food. So the family had him eat alone. When he dropped his bowl and broke it, they scolded him and got him a cheap wooden bowl. Grandpa was so unhappy. Now one day, the young grandson was working with wood. What are you doing, mom and dad asked. I'm making a wooden bowl, he said, for when you two get old and must eat alone. What goes around comes around. If we treat people well, It'll come back to us. And if we don't treat people well, it may not be so good for us. But there is life in this life when we consider others more importantly than ourselves. So I found this list on the you know ways that we can practically walk out the golden rule. And there's like 30, and the list could have even been longer, but I, I narrowed it down to 10, and I have these for you. You can fill these in on your handout if you would like, because I sometimes like, just tell me some things I can work on today, you know? So the first one is this, 10 practical ways that we can live out the golden rule. Look for the good in people. It's really easy to look for the, the bad, to be critical, to make assumptions. It's more difficult to look for the good and, and encourage people. Number two, be the first to give in. If you're in an argument, be the first one to give in, to give up your way, to say you're sorry. Number three, play by the rules. Don't cut in line, wait your turn. Let others merge in in traffic. Yeah, really do it. And again, just think about it. When you're merging in, what do you want them to do? Let you in, right? Not stay there and you run off the road. You hate that. But it's so much fun keeping them up. Anyway, so you play by the rules. Number four, really listen to others. Really listen to others. 
listen to understand. Don't listen to respond. Let me say that again. Listen to understand what's being said to you. Don't just listen and wait for the next moment so that you can respond and defend yourself. Number five, stop criticizing. Now, there's a difference between constructive feedback, which is really helpful and positive, and criticism, which is hurtful and damaging. Know the difference. Number six, work hard. Pull your weight rather than weigh your team down. Don't just do the minimum. Now, we've all worked with that individual who just doesn't seem to be pulling their weight, how frustrating that is. But then when you work with the individual who's doing like one and a half people's jobs, I mean, that's, those are fun people to work with. Be that person. Number seven, be available. This is mostly for the millennials here. Answer your phone. <laughs> Text back. I'm okay if it's just a K, you know, which is not, you don't do just a K. But I like a K much better than a, did you ever get that text I sent last Thursday, you know? But be available, respond, be a good friend, be present. Number eight, be compassionate. Help people get back on their feet. Don't judge them. Just show compassion. When we need compassion, boy, isn't it nice to be around that compassionate person? This is a harder one for me, number nine. Accept no for an answer. When you ask somebody to do something and they say, no, I can't. I'm the kind of person who goes, well, tell me your schedule. Let me figure it out for you. I'll, I'll find a way for you to say yes to me, right? Just accept no. Accept no for an answer. And lastly, just be grateful to others. Tell them thank you. Tell them that you appreciate them. Don't take them for granted. These are all things that we want people to do to us. And we love it when they do it to us. The golden rule would say, let's go ahead and do it to them. Let's give it to them. It's difficult. It doesn't come natural. But I would tell you, it is the road that leads to life. And we'll have more life in this life when we follow the golden rule. I'm going to invite Will to come up here. He's going to lead us in our closing prayer. Thanks for being here today. Today I want to pray for um, complacency, but not just in, in life or in general, but in our relationship with God. One thing I was thinking about is that even, I think for a lot of us, we are collectively and individually as a church pretty faithful to reading our Bible, to praying, to engaging um, when there's an outreach. For instance, VBS, everybody jumps on board with that. We love doing it. We love serving. We love doing things for God. But even in all of those, we can still be complacent in our relationship with him. 
God's not after our service, although that will come with relationship. He's after our hearts. I think for some of us, he doesn't have our hearts this morning. Not that we haven't surrendered to him in the past, but today, this morning, we're feeling a little bit distant from him. Um, the other thing I was thinking about with this is not... Complacency is the easy route like we were talking about with the with the deer and with the water. Like the easy route isn't always sinful. It's not a sin to not. Oh, actually, we're called to love God, so maybe it is. I don't know. Basically, though, it's not this outward big sinful thing, but it's still not God's best for us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to draw near to us. When we're driven by a love relationship with God, with the Father, it's no longer a task. It's not draining. It's not complacent. It's not hard for me to hang out with my best friend. It's not hard for me to talk to him, to have a relationship with him. I want to. So if that's you this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite everybody to stand up. So stand up together now. And if that's you, why don't you just kind of squeeze out of your aisle, come down. Because we want to pray for you in that. to close us out today. If that is you, um, you're still welcome to come up. Or if you need prayer for anything at all, um, God sees it, He knows it, and He cares about it. He wants us to pray for it, even if it's something I haven't touched today. Um, we are going to pray specifically for complacency this morning, if you would like it. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us so well, for being a good heavenly father to us for those of us who haven't had a good example of what a father looks like or should look like um, I pray that you would reveal your character to us that you are compassionate that you you actually listen to us and you care about our thoughts and how we feel but we know that when we get when we draw near to you, there's so much life and growth that happens there. There's so much freedom in your presence and knowing you and being in relationship with you. I pray for anyone who is feeling complacent. Maybe they're leading teams. Maybe they're getting their word every day. But they've lost that close-knit relationship to you. I pray that you would just begin to tug on their hearts and be with us all today as we go out. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you all for coming here today. Have a blessed Father's Day. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.